0: This is Jim Fleming. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Stuart Heights or more about our class, or if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can do so at teachings.jim314.com. Enjoy the lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. Good Good morning. How are we doing today? Good, excellent. So guess what today is? Sunday. It's Sunday, that's right. It's a good day. Today is Sunday. Uh, it is also week 19, week 19 of Colossians. So we'll finish up with our text today and do a summary next week. Uh, so let's let's start like we have each week and get up to speed. So we'll read 1-1 through four fifteen. 15 I would encourage you to read along in your copy of the scripture. Um I have found that listening to and reading at the same time, especially the Scripture, is a good way to really focus on uh, where, what things are happening and what's going on with the text. So we'll start with <clears throat> Colossians 1.1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren which are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light he "...has delivered us from the power of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist." And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. In Him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, ...buried with him in baptism, in which you are also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it... So let no one judge you in food or drink, or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world... Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men? These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the earth." For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, Do not lie to one another, since you've put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. "'Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality.'" Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I might make it manifest as I also ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be seasoned with with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant of the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you, and those who are in Laodicea and those in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, and Nymphus and the church that is in his house. So when I started reading these uh, in Sunday school, obviously week one, two verses. Week two, throw a few more verses. Week three, a few more verses. When we got to about week ten and I was reading two chapters to start the Sunday school lesson, I started to feel a little bit awkward because I thought, that's a lot of time just to stand and to read the text. But the number of you that have come up to me and said, that's probably my favorite part of the entire lesson, one, that's really humbling, because you're basically saying everything that I said is secondary, which is exactly the point, so thank you for getting it. Uh, And two, it's gotten me more comfortable reading longer passages of Scripture. Uh, So I hope you've kind of gotten there along with me, because this, what I just did, I'll be very transparent, was extremely awkward And it's embarrassing for me to say that reading the text of Scripture was awkward. But reading that much was very awkward when I started doing this. And now, it's my favorite part. So, that's where we are today. Now, here's a tendency that I have. I'm going to share with you a tendency that I have when I read the Scripture. When I get really close to the end of something, I tend to rush just a little bit. And I I can skip over something that's really, really helpful. So I want to caution us as we get to the very end, not to, as my dear friend Bill Brandenburg says, mail it in. Don't just mail it in and and check out. Stay focused as we go through these last couple of verses. So, So don't miss Paul's passion in these last couple. This is verse 16. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and likewise that you read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. So, so where is Paul when he writes this letter? He's where? He's in jail, right? And, and, and how, did, how did jails work back then? Does anybody know? You how jails work back then? You were chained, right? Yes, you were chained. Now, for really high value prisoners, they would not chain both hands to the wall. They would chain one hand to the wall and one hand to something else. Anybody know what the something else was? A guard. A guard. Now, you can watch Shawshank Redemption all you want. You are not getting away if you are actually chained to a guard, right? The guard has to be in on it. The guard wasn't going to be in on it because a Roman guard, if a Roman guard let the prisoner go, the Roman guard got to suffer the exact same fate as the prisoner. Don't think I want to sign up for letting a prisoner go, right? So they're not going to be easily swayed. They would have had to have left Rome, which was a vast empire at this point, to get out of the threat of that punishment. So, So when Paul says, remember my chains, this is a big deal. He is literally chained to a guard at that point. So let's look at verse 16. We'll start from there and ease on three. Now when, or as long as this epistle, and we use these words all the time. Uh, i got to tell my favorite Brent Bass story. You know, I've heard this a couple of times, but it's my favorite Brent Bass story. Brent Bass is in a Bible study. He's a member here at the Hickson campus. And somebody was talking about epistles. And they said, uh, does anybody know what an epistle is? And he, he was like, well, I don't know, but I, I think I can guess. And he said, well, what, what is it? He said, well, I think it's a wife of an apostle. That is just, you didn't even, not even crack a smile? Nothing? There you go. All right. Thank you. Excellent. I tell Brent that I I tell this story every once in a while and he's like, thank you for ministering to me. I appreciate that. So this is just a letter. Uh, Whenever it is read or known again among you or in the vicinity of you, see that, so this is an imperative. Now, I want you to count the number of imperatives in today's text in 16, 17, and 18. Because Paul really didn't give a lot of imperatives in the first four and seven-eighths chapters of Colossians. But he goes a lot of them here in the last little bit. See that it is read, and read again, also in the church of the Laodiceans. So last week we looked at the map, right? We saw that Laodicea was really close to Colossae, is really close to Hierapolis. So they're they're close. Um, So Barnes has a quote here, it's a great quote. uh, The apostles designed that the letters which they addressed to the churches should also be read by others. So the idea here is that these were called encyclicals, Uh, and you would send it to one church and then they would walk it. They would make a copy and they'd send the copy down the road. And that church would get it and they'd make a copy and they'd send the copy down the road. And they'd make a copy and they'd send the copy down the road. And they'd make a copy and they'd send the copy down the... So that all these churches could have their own copy of the scripture. Now, did they use copy machines? No, unfortunately. Right? Unfortunately, they did not. What did they use? Scribes. Scribes, right? Most of the time, they actually use slaves. This is one of the things, and we'll, we'll look at this in verse 18. But uh, uh, it, it was actually, I, I have read a couple commentaries that said it was quite common that the only person that could read in a house, sometimes for a very well-educated family, for a very, uh, wealthy family, might be the slaves. Because they would just talk, and the slaves would scribe it out, and away you would go. So, interesting stuff there. So these are encyclicals. They would send around, and likewise, and, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So obviously, I want you to turn to First Laodiceans in your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> They're flipping through. Here, pages turning around. Right? Oh no, it's a biscuit wrapper. Okay. Um, so where is First Laodiceans in your Bible? It's not in there, right? What's that? Right before secondly, right, right before second Laodiceans, right? It's right after second opinions and first perspectives. Um, yeah, whenever you hear somebody make up something about the Bible, just think, that was in Second Opinions chapter three, right? That's just fantastic. It's an easy out. They'll laugh or not. Sometimes they don't. Um, so, so where is that book in the New Testament? Well, it's it's really not. And, and there's the, the commentators spend pages and pa- I mean like gallons of ink have been spent trying to figure this out, and. I think Wesley actually has it right. Because if you read the text, what does it say? Read the epistle... What's the next word? From Laodicea. Not to Laodicea. So here's a shocker for you. When you get a letter from somebody, what do you have a tendency to want to do? Write back. That's, That's what this was. This was a letter that the Laodiceans wrote to Paul. Perhaps encouraging him. Wouldn't that be neat? Right, that we would not only go visit somebody who was in prison for the gospel, that we would write them letters encouraging them. So Paul sent. This must have been. There must have been something significant enough in there that Paul said, "Read the one that they sent me." Maybe this was a subtle reminder to them that this is how you encourage me when I'm here, and if you can't travel, there's a lot of different things going on here. Um, however, we also know that Paul sent out letters that are not part of the New Testament. Right? Everybody understand this? If you go through and you read the entire New Testament, you can find at least three or four different spots and three or four more that are you, you kind of hint at and you go, I, it, it feels like he's referencing a document we don't have. There's several of those in the New Testament. And that is okay. Because not everything Paul wrote was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's all right. If everything Paul wrote was inspired by the Holy Spirit, my guess is the New Testament would be probably somewhere around 20 to 30 times bigger than it is. Okay, and you would have had a cart that you wheel your Bible in on. (laughs) All right, so that's okay. We have exactly what we're supposed to have, and that's what we have. So, now there actually is a letter to the Laodiceans. I was surprised nobody said this. There is a letter to the Laodiceans in the New Testament. It's in where? Thank you very much for pronouncing the name of the book properly. Um, so I've told you guys before that one of my jobs is to uh, proofread the, uh, the sermon PowerPoint. And Gary got it right this morning. It was spot on. We're starting a study on the book of Revelation. revelation. Stop with the N. There is no S. You make it an S, you believe in polytheism. It is revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the revelation of one man. Is the, is the culmination and completion of his story that started way, way, way back when? When in the beginning, right? Before the beginning. This is the culmination. So this is Revelation. We're actually going to look at the seven, uh, very, very briefly this morning, the seven churches in, Laodice- in, uh, uh, in Revelation 2 and 3. But, but who writes a letter to the Laodiceans? who wrote Revelation you yeah? know John that's a blank on your handout for the uh, sermon notes if you want to go ahead and fill that one in you can have that one done before you walk in John's the author um, I mess with my son every once in a while because for a long time he didn't know that I saw the PowerPoint beforehand and I would just go through and just fill it all out and hand it to him he's like wow that's like you got that from the text I'm like yeah man no problem that's it that's really safe. if you ever miss a blank I can tell you the blanks too so no problem All right, so verse 16. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it's also uh, read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Verse 17. And say, so here's another imperative, say to Archippus. So who's this guy? Have we seen him yet? Have we seen him in Colossians yet? We've seen a bunch of other guys whose names start with A, right? But not Archippus. So where do we see Archippus? We see Archippus in Philemon 1, 2. So, flip over to Philemon real quick. I want you to see this. I'm going to show you how easy it is to guess about the Bible. It's very easy. So, how does Philemon start? Somebody got it? Paul. Darling, you got it? Paul. Paul, yep, that's right. Generally, the person, the author, begins with their name. Right. A prisoner of Christ Jesus. Why would he say he's a prisoner? Because he's in jail. Because Colossians and Philemon are written at the same time. We think probably even carried together. Right. Prisoner of Christ Jesus. And Timothy, our brother. Same way Colossians started. Right. Assume he's in there with the same guy. What's verse two say? To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. To Apia, our sister. To Archippus, our ah, Archippus, there he shows up. Now, so we got Philemon, who we know is a man. Aphia, which is, when you, when you look at the, the name in Greek, that's a woman's name. We think, you hear the hesitation in my voice? We think that Aphia was the what of Philemon? The wife, the wife of Philemon, right? And what would that maybe make Archippus? Maybe. Maybe the son, maybe the brother, maybe the slave, slave, maybe the pastor, maybe the mail deliverer, maybe the milkman, maybe the postal worker. We have no idea. But because he's mentioned right after who we think are married, they think it may be the son. I don't know. So when you read commentaries, because I know you spend all your time reading commentaries, When you read commentaries and they make statements like Archippus was the son of Philemon and he was the pastor of this church. Just go. What's my favorite state? Missouri. Show me. me. Point to the verse that it says that, right? We don't know this. So flip back over to Colossians 4 and say to Archippus, you know what his name means? Did I put it in your notes? Horse ruler. (laughs) How do you get that name at birth, right? It's like, what will we call this child? Horse ruler. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly, that was the face that I made when I was reading the, the Concordia. I was like, horse ruler? Where did we get that? Okay. I, I, can't, I have no connection to anything in the text with horse ruler. I just thought it was neat. All right, so he may have been a leader in the Colossian church. He may have been just somebody. But he says to Archippus, take heed, another imperative, or to look at or to hold on to, Take heed to the ministry. Uh, this is the word diakono. Uh, it means the attendance or aid or service, ministering, ministry. Here's your blank office. It can be translated as an office. And this is one of the reasons we think he may have been the pastor. Maybe-ish. It's kind of weak, but we'll see. Take heed to the office which you have received or associated yourself with or taken in in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Now, this is in the present active active subjunctive, because I know you're all concerned about this, right? Gazuntite, right? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to bring you a cop, one of my copies of uh, Robertson's New Testament word pictures, because the words that I put in here from him are just the ones I can pronounce. <laughs> okay? He, he let off a string of nine words in a row uh, about three weeks ago. I didn't know any of the nine. I'm like... Re- I, no, I, you're right. And I read this stuff, right? <laughs> it was humbling. It was humbling. So that you keep on filling it full. So this is not just a one time. This is a keep on. You keep on. You keep on. Your blank here. You remember the blank? It's like the fourth time you've had this blank. Cram. cram. Yes, very good. To cram a net or to level up a hollow place. This is to fully, fully make it full. This is a ship that was ready for a voyage. And, and I'm wondering... I'm wondering if this isn't one of the key words in all of the book of Colossians. So so it's used five different times, two times at the beginning and two times at the end. And the one in the middle is talking about Jesus Christ. You are full, you are filled up in Him. You are complete in Him. The work that we do is on either side of the filling that we only get from Jesus Christ. I thought it was kind of (laughs) neat. That you fulfill it. Now, what two books did I just talk about were written at the same time? Colossians and Philemon, Philemon, right? And how is, uh, got to get his name right, how is Archippus mentioned in Philemon? Positively or negatively? Positively. Now, can you take what Paul says to tell Archippus here in a positive and in a negative? Yes. Yeah, you can, right? Because it's kind of like, well, am I telling him to, to man up because he's not doing the work? Or am I giving him a pat on the back because he is and telling him to keep going? You, you could use those words for either one, right? So I want to take scripture and compare it with scripture. So if he's if he's commended in Philemon, which is written at the same time, how do we think we want to interpret this? Positive. This is a positive, right? This guy's doing the work. He's doing the right thing. Let's pat him on the back and say, "Keep it up." Now, who's supposed to tell him this? Did Paul tell him this? Who's supposed to tell him this? The Colossians, the Colossians are. Which I think is kind of cool. So this is so Sean, this is the equivalent of me writing you a letter and telling you to tell everybody in this room to encourage Tim. Now, here's the thing. Tim hears you read the letter. So Tim knows what everybody in this room is supposed to be doing. No pressure, no awkwardness there, right? right? So we're reading a letter, and you know, like Billy Graham sends you a letter. And he's like, y'all are doing a great job. Everything's wonderful. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, and tell Tim, uh, do a good job and keep on doing the work you're going to feel pretty good, right? I got called out, and it wasn't bad. Yes! (laughs) Right? This is good because they're making copies of this thing and they're handing it out to other cities. (laughs) Right? Think about this. I mean, there were real ramifications to getting called out in one of these letters because your reputation now is spreading around. Right? So the church was supposed to come and encourage Archippus. That's a neat idea. Just possibly, right? Mm -hmm. So, let's keep looking. So why was Colossians written? I want to stop here for a second. I I forgot something. Why was Colossians written? To, To lift Jesus up, right? Because of what theology? The buffet theology, right? The buffet theology. Now, do you think, so let's just suppose here for a second, I'm, I'm going to give you two, just made these. Do you think that if, let's just say Philemon was the pastor of the church here, I don't know, we'll just make something up, right? Let's say Philemon was the pastor of the church, and that Archippus is his son. Do you think in that city of Colossae, with all these different things buffeting Philemon, do you see what I did there? <clears throat> You'll get it later, don't worry. <laughs> With all these different things assaulting them, do you think it might be challenging for the son to live a godly life? I think so. Let's spin it another way. Let's say Archippus is the pastor of the church, or maybe he's a deacon in the church. Do you think it might be challenging in this environment for him to do the things that he's supposed to? Absolutely. Right? He may be the guy... Sorry, Tim, you're going to be the the rock star today. Uh, He may be the guy that is responsible for preaching every single week. Every single week every single week? He might be. It could be some substantial weight on his shoulders from this. Because remember, how many generations before did this whole gospel thing? None. None. Right? Maybe like half a generation because we think this was probably written in 52, 53 A.D. So 20 years ago, Jesus actually left the earth. So we're 20 years into this thing. There's not a lot of manuals on how to work it. Okay? Okay. The apostles, some of them are still around, but if you got to talk to one of them, that was pretty cool. Mostly, it's just word of mouth. You actually don't even have a copy of any of the letters of the Bible yet. Good luck pastoring that church. You've got the Old Testament to use, and the Jews who are interpreting it a certain way and have been interpreting a certain way for a thousand years, and you get to use that to explain Jesus. Do you think he might need some encouragement? I think he might need some encouragement because all these different things are attacking him all the time. So, guess what your next two blanks are? Yes, I went there. All right. When the pastor, while the pastor is accountable for what the flock feeds from, the entire church should ensure that the salad bar is free from erroneous theology. All right, so I need to volunteer from every table. I need to volunteer from every table. Come on up. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> now so first rule in public speaking is don't block the audience's view of what they might be want to looking at. Yep. See, I'm changing the numbering already, wasn't I? Uh, I told, Who did I tell earlier The first rule is talk about Jesus? Second rule is manage your face because you never know what somebody's going to say. Um, you'll get that one in about five minutes, too. It's all right. The, uh, so in here, we have some theologies. So everybody grab one. And here's what I want to explain to you. Oh, they're in all of them. Don't worry. What I want to explain to you... Those make a lot of noise, don't they? Uh, nobody picked Jesus? Wait, I haven't chosen yet. There you go, pick that one. Awesome. Uh, so, so what I want to explain to you is that... Now, now, could you guys see what was written on those when you reached in? Not really, because they're kind of wadded up, right? Sometimes life is going to offer us choices, and it's going to be, hmm, this choice is in my hands, and I'm not sure what I should do about this. And I open it up, and I say, worship of angels. And I go, hmm... Do I want to pursue the worship of angels? And some things are like, what do you think, Darla? Yay or nay? we got a thumbs down, right? You're fired. Okay? So we're not going to pursue worship of angels. So what do you got? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. What do you think? We're going to pursue Reconciliation. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. George what you got? Shadows. Shadows. You want to pursue shadows? No. How does Colossians talk about the shadows? It's the it's the old testament stuff that was a shadow of things to come. Don't study the shadows. Maybe just so you can recognize what the substance is, but don't focus on the shadows. Focus on the substance. What you got? Jesus. Jesus, Oh, look at that. That was awesome. Yeah, not shadows. (laughs) Yes, Jesus. All (laughs) right? Okay, what do you got? Regulations. Regulations. You want to study regulations and focus on regulations and build my life around regulations? No, not really. Not really. Jesus? Yes, that's awesome. I put more than one Jesus in there in case you're you can not figure that out. Encouragement? Encouragement. We want to focus on encouragement? How to be an encourager? How to build somebody up? Absolutely. Absolutely. What you got? Fruitful. Fruitful. You want to focus on being fruitful? Yes. This is good. Absolutely. What you got? Obedience. Obedience. Yes. And I even, this is the one word I spell right every single time that I know I spell right every single time. Because they (laughs) taught me as a kid how to spell it right. You know how to spell it? You know how to spell it? There's a song. We won't sing the song because I, I would have no skill whatsoever leading. All right, grab another one. <laughs> what do you think, Miss Gracie? Nope. The salad bar of life. You never know what it's going to throw at you, right? All right, we'll start over here with uh, Crystal on this one. Fornication on friendliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. What do you think? I'm going to say no, right? Yeah. Let's not go there. This is when we are presented with this philosophy, that's a no. What you got, Caleb? Love. Love. That's an easy one, right? Yes. Absolutely. Now, this is where you turn to your wife and go. There you go. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Good job. What you got? Redemption. You got two positive ones, right? This is really good. So you got encouragement and redemption. Absolutely. We're going to study redemption because redemption makes a difference in our lives. What do you got? tradition of men what do you think there you go because so here's the here's the danger with some of this stuff because this stuff is really interesting this stuff is some of those neat little stories that are told in the Old Testament or about the Old Testament that you go oh okay that's cool yeah I want to learn more about that careful careful because we can elevate this tradition stuff and not Jesus and that's a problem what you got (laughs) <laughs> Gnosticism. Yes, excellent. So, so we think <laughs> we think that if the Colossians actually stood up to a buffet, that this was literally one of the theologies that they would be picking from. Gnosticism. You may know what Gnosticism. You know what Gnosticism was. No clue. That's all right. The good thing is, uh, well. I don't want to say they don't still write books about Gnosticism. They kind of do. It George? It actually is. You want, What is it? Well, the way it's kind of morphed into now is a little bit different. But back in the New Testament era, it was basically the study that Christ was uh, kind of coming into polytheism a little bit. Yep. More than just God, uh, more than just Christ as God, uh, and that Jesus was more man, per se, than, than God. Uh, some. Uh, a lot of knowledge as yeah. well. Knowledge was elevated above like physical experience. Um, and, and if you obtained enough of that there you, go. there you go. you too could probably become like Christ and become a little God. So do you see why you want to study regulations? Do you see why you want to study traditions of men? Do you see why you want to study all these other things? Because the more I know, the more likely I am to actually be God one day. And we don't see this today at all. No, like different terms. Anything knowable to man within my fingertips at any time I want to know it—that's not a problem. No, not at all. What you got? Service. Service. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Pick another one. Y'all gonna have to scramble for these. There's not as many. There's not enough for all of you. Let's see my third one. Your third track, you get something positive? I got got the same one twice. You got the same one twice? Apparently I like to stay shadows. Oh, you stayed? I didn't ask you, did I? I had shadows twice? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, that's right, I did. I did. I remember now. Mm -hmm. Because shadows come up more than once. Yeah. (laughs) This happens a lot in our lives. (laughs) That we want to focus on something in the past, that we want that it pops up again. I had a reason for that. All right, who who got one the third time? You got, Caleb, what you got? Philosophy. Philosophy. So should we study philosophy, Caleb? Yeah. I think we should. Yeah, absolutely. Because I want to know how to combat the bad stuff. But there is a limit to which I want to go study that. Uh, I did a Bible study. I was part of a Bible study maybe, what was that, 10 years ago? When we did the, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Because I've given you plenty <laughs> of words to figure this out. <laughs> use your words, Jim. Use your words. Uh, We were, oh, we were way past that. Uh, we were at, uh, we were talking about them the other day in the car, they adopted some kids from another place. Thomas and Cindy, hey, yes. DeMoss. Yes, the DeMosses, thank you. And we were studying something where they had to do with the Secret Service. You remember this? The Secret Service not only protects the president, the Secret Service does what else, y'all know? The Treasury yeah, the trades they do counterfeiting. You know how they train Secret Service agents to spot fakes? No. they show, the rest. They, show the, they study the real thing they, know, they can actually draw out a real hundred dollar bill or a real twenty dollar bill, they study the real that much, who had the word? where was the word? who had the, word, the last word that was read, did you have it? what was it? philosophy, right, so, so should we study philosophy? absolutely, I want to be able to spot it, but I want to study the scripture far more so that I am extremely comfortable with any deviation from that, so yes, who had another one? what you got? Forgiveness. forgiveness. you got three positives. Look at there, man. Awesome. Forgiveness. Absolutely we're going to study forgiveness. Do you think in a church that brings people who are sinners together and puts them in close contact and expects them to do life together that forgiveness may be needed? Okay. That every five minutes. Yes. All right. Miss Carrie? Yeah, or less. Yeah. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, lying. So we're going to put a thumbs down to these, right? Absolutely. Okay? You didn't get one this time? You stopped on Gnosticism. You yeah. had reached enough. That was good. Excellent. Chris, to you get one? No? What would you got? This is not fair. There's a bunch of oh, okay. kindness, humility, there goodness, we go. and long-suffering. Yeah, so we're going to be all about that. Oh, I need to study that. Yeah, guys. just keep that in your pocket, all right? Great. And grace. Oh, we ended on... Are you kidding me? Perfect. Because you know where Paul ends the letter? He ends it on grace. I could not have planned that better. That's cool. Thank you all very much. Give them a hand. And no one sneezed on the buffet. And no one sneezed on the buffet. That's right. (laughs) No, I didn't. You notice, I didn't reach in there for any of them either, though. (laughs) All right, verse 18. This salutation or greeting by my own hand. I'm going to teach you a word. Uh, Amanuensis. Amanuensis, it's not on your notes. It's about almost impossible to spell. But the Amanuensis was the person that Paul would have spoken to that wrote everything down for... Paul actually didn't write the letters that were sent out. Paul wrote like the last verse or two or three maybe sometimes, but just very, very little. But I want you to think about the actual process of Paul doing this. So he's chained to the wall with one hand. He's chained to the guard with the other. And Paul writes... This greeting, this salutation by my own hand. Now, he does this in 1 Corinthians and Galatians and 2 Thessalonians. Paul wrote this with his own hand. Now, Paul needed to do this because there were a lot of forgeries going around at this time. Believe it or not, there were people trying to fake that they were Paul, trying to give bad information to the churches at this time. And one of the reasons we know we have good copies is that those churches trusted Paul's hand. They knew, they knew him well enough to know his handwriting. Okay? You've you got to know pretty, somebody pretty well. So Paul, his name means small or little. Remember my chains. So these are, this can be used in a couple different ways. Ligaments of the body. So this could be his physical body. Or it could be shackles of a prisoner. Now I want you to think about something. I want you to think about Paul takes the quill and dips it in the ink and he writes. What's dragging across the paper as he writes? The chains. It is very possible that at the very bottom of that letter, there were scratches in that piece of paper from where the chains drug across. And when the person reading it got to the point and said, remember my chains, and he looks down and he sees these scratches and these scuff marks on the page. It is very possible. Very, this was a real thing. This is not a, oh, remember the... Se-. No, no, no. Paul's in prison. It is serious. Remember my chains. And then he ends with grace. Grace be with you. Clark says, without the grace of Christ, they could not have become a church. And without this grace, they could not continue to be one. I love it. And then he ends with the word that we all know. Amen. Which means, so be it. Or verily. So, what's the point? Well, number one, epistles must be read. They don't do any good to stay unread, to so look at the letters. Number two, we need encouragement. So, encourage one another. Number three, Jesus is worth the chains. Because I promise you, when Paul got to heaven and he saw the fulfillment of the reality of the truth of the gospel, He looked at the chains. He remembered back. He said, Jesus is worth it. Absolutely. No doubt whatsoever. So that finishes Colossians for the text. Next week we'll look at a summary. So if you missed any, we're going to do a a real good thorough summary of Colossians next week. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, In the middle of your table is a piece of paper. It has a weekly update on the front. It also has a weekly update on the back. The back has an announcement about the women's ministry uh, event that's coming up. Uh, Yes, there's only one side of your handout today. How many of you thought that was different? I got to shake it up a little bit, right? I'm not. Yeah, you thought Daryl was speaking. (laughs) We're not going like black and white, though. Let's not get crazy. This is that's that's too basic for me. Uh, But uh, pray as a group, if you would. Stack your chairs in sevens where they are, uh, and then you are dismissed to go. So thanks for coming to Sunday school today, guys.